Hello. All right. All right. Are you ready to go? <clears throat> yes, sir. Uh, all right. Welcome to the main voyage of the Brothers on the Phone Talking Movies podcast. How? Uh, <laughs> we decided to, uh, to change the name of our podcast uh, to become more famous and to hopefully get more money. That's why we decided <laughs> to do this. Wait, you, that's not what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, well, you know, whatever I works. I'm always the last to find out stuff. Okay. But yes, it is. Uh, we are brothers. We are on the phone and we're talking movies. We certainly uh, are. And this Hopefully. is our podcast. You can find us uh, on Facebook as well. And, and I've updated all the social media there. So it's all, it's all brothers on the phone talking movies. That's what we got. All right. I like this topic that, that you came up with. This was your idea. Movies about educational films. Well, it wasn't that much of a reach. I just sent my kids back to school, and I figured, you know what? What better thing to talk about than kind of movies about schooling and learning and education? And, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of fun to go back and, and look through some of these films that maybe I hadn't thought about in a while and watch a few things again. And Did you have a hard time with this? Um, I, I would say that one of them – Actually, really, two of them, no. But my third pick was hard. Uh, I, I, I narrowed it down to three. And I, you know, there's a couple things that are definitely, you know, we'll call them honorable mentions. But, yeah, two of them I was all set with. But there was one that I was kind of shaky on. But I, I eventually went with it. I had a hard time with this. Like, the first movie I came up with was Animal House. I think that was, that was not really the task. Well, no, I don't. I, my feeling with this topic was it didn't matter if it was a comedy, drama, or both, uh, or it could be a thriller. I don't care. It it just kind of had to take place within that school setting. That's how I looked at it. I figured that was it. Yeah, that. I mean, that was my funny. That was my anti-school pick, but nevertheless, one that you know certainly uh, affected me. But I'm going to give that an honorable mention. That's not one of my... Wow, one of that, my outstanding picks. <laughs> that's funny that you say that because I, I had money that you were going to pick that one. Ooh. Because it kind of came out yeah. as, as you were entering college, not to give away your age, but uh, oh, I knew. Body I, slam. <laughs> terrible. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that, that that movie was important to you. It was. So, it is. It still is. Yeah, it still is. Well, I would want you to go first. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, that was the first movie that I came up with, but I thought, no, that's an honorable mention. I kind of, I kind of came up with three, three films that when I really started to think about it, I have to say probably the first one that came to my mind was Dead Poet Society. It's just, uh, it's a really, it's just a great film. And I, I remember when I saw it, it came out in 1989. Did you see it in the movie theater when it, when it came out? You know, it's, it's funny. I don't remember exactly. If I didn't, I saw it right away whenever it came out on video. But I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater, yeah. I kind of think I did. Like, I don't remember it, but I think I did. But, but it, was, it might be maybe my favorite film that Robin Williams ever did. It's such a – I mean, he's still a little nutty in it. And he's still, you know, with the impersonations and, and switching characters. But – he really gives a great performance and it was like the maybe the first time i had heard the phrase seize the day carpe diem and 
What a great teacher. I mean, he was an English teacher of this prep school. And for those of you that haven't seen the film, and he's such a cool teacher. Like, he's the teacher that we all want to have or that we hope to get at some point to just break all the rules. And it was just a really great story. I mean, there's some hard things that happen in the movie, but it, I just think it's a really cool film to see about a teacher that gives permission to the students to have their own voice and to know what it means to have passion in life. And it's just a really cool film. And there's a great cast in there and people that would go on to become even more famous than, than they were when they were in the film. So that was my first pick, Dead Poets Society. Yeah, that would have been an honorable mention for me because it is a really great film. And you, uh, Robin Williams does really give a stunning performance. I, I think of all my favorite performances of his are probably that and Awakenings. He's just re- remarkable. And you, you see the guy's genius. He's just he's able to be funny, but he's really able to deep dive deep into his character. And you're right, the... The supporting cast of students is really great. Also, my favorite uh, antagonist, uh, one of my favorite is Norman Lloyd. I mean, yes, he he plays a he's a meanie. He's just a as a mean dude. And incidentally, for those of you who don't know, uh, Norman Lloyd is an actor from the golden age of Hollywood, and he would still be alive. He will be, I believe. One hundred four. I have my. I, yeah, he believe one hundred four, one hundred five, uh, in a couple of months. It's pretty incredible. And uh, he he looks better than I do. He looks great. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he's he's still working too. Like that's the crazy thing. Like I, I don't. How does a guy who's one hundred four remember his lines? I, I I don't know. I really don't know. God bless him. But uh, yeah, he's great in that antagonistic role. And that's a really good pick. It was. It, like I said, it was my honorable mention, Dead Poet Society. Uh, it really was. It's very authentic, too. It felt very authentic of the time period that it was trying to, to capture. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I do. I think it's cool. I mean, it, it really had that prep school look. It was totally. supposed to take place in 1959. And they did a great job making it look, you know, a, a period piece. And, and I'm not going to even mention I could, but there's some neat actors that people will go, oh, wow, he was so young there. Yeah, so, he was. Well, Ethan uh, Hawke was in that, right? Yeah, he was very, there yeah. you go. Ding, ding, ding. One yeah, he was, he was good yep. in that. Yeah, he's, he's awesome in that. Uh, so that's a real good find, I think, for anybody that maybe that, that has gotten by them and they haven't seen that. Uh, what about you? Uh, so this, was one, this one was easy for me. And just like Animal House had uh, resonance for you entering into college, this film had resonance for me entering into high school. Uh, in 1982, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, directed by Amy Heckerling. And wow. screenplay, screenplay by Cameron Crowe. Uh, on the surface, this movie it seems like a pretty silly comedy, but there's some pretty interesting points it's trying to make uh, about teenagers and parents and schooling and, and teens working and all the things that can happen. Uh, I, and when I watch it now, I see some of those things I kind of missed. You know, it was all the silly stuff with. Sean Penn in his iconic role as Spicoli, the ultimate stoner, and Ray Walston as Mr. <laughs> Hand. It's just oh, the idea that his name is Mr. Hand uh, <laughs> is just funny enough in of itself. But there's some pretty interesting points that the movie makes about just kind of the mall generation and that whole thing taking over in video games and 
it, it really it, it's it just kind of you know one of the there's a serious story with Jennifer Jason Lee uh, where she gets pregnant and yep. you know it, it's very serious uh, but they handle it really well and and the balance of comedy and drama I think is is pretty good there are a lot of teen sex comedies in the 80s and most of them are pretty awful but that one really does it well and I felt it was just really authentic. The music was right on the money too. It had a really good soundtrack. So, you know, from Van Halen and Sammy Hagar and all these other things, the Black Sabbath and Boys and, to Cult. And a testament to this film is they run it more frequently than not. I've seen it this past year, maybe like two or three times it's been on. So, I mean, it's oh, still it definitely, pretty relevant. And- it became a cult movie pretty quickly. I think it was fairly successful on its first run in 1982, but it just took on a life of its own. It, it, really, it really has. I mean, there was a point, and I kid you not, there are two movies I knew every word to, and that was one of them. It was Caddyshack and Fast Times. Like, I knew every word to that film. That this is point. a surprise. I didn't think you would, would pick Fast Times. Uh, oh, really? Wow. I, I never would have thought that, that you I mean, would it, this it's movie. Just, I didn't even know you liked this movie. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's just the, you know, and some of the scenes in the classroom are great with Spicoli and, and Ray Walston. And it just captures that teenage life at that time, just dead on. It really like, does. What's the first thing you think of? What's the first when you sit when you think of this movie in your mind? What's the first scene or first thing you think of in, in that movie? Probably yeah. first thing uh, when he well obviously when he says "All right, bud, let's party." I love when he says that. Um, Phoebe Cates on the diving board. That's well, it. yeah. That well, and the then first. what happens after that is you know uh, what's his name? Uh, Judge Reinhold uh, shows how excited he is in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that in case this is a Y7 audience. It is. Yes. <laughs> uh, fantasizing about a Phoebe Cates. Yeah, it's 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 just a great, fun film. But like I said, there's some serious stuff happening underneath the surface if you if you dive into it a little bit. So there it is. That's my that's my first pick. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's good. Well, uh, I have to tell you, I'm going in a really different direction on this. I it was tough for me to kind of come up with movies that I thought fit this for some I don't know why but I I settled on The Hurricane which I've talked about in previous podcasts you know how much I really like this film it's really just it's it's hit me on so many levels when you talk about friendship between people and this film certainly I mean Denzel Washington this is maybe my favorite film that he's ever done I think he completely disappears and he just, he loses himself in this and you don't see Denzel Washington anymore. I don't, did you, did you, have you seen this film? I've seen it and and, and, and I like it. I I have to go back again because you're, you're so obsessed with it and reference it so many times that I I liked it. I just, I liked it and I, and I hadn't thought about it since I watched it. So, Oh my God! It's All right, so, so, so good, and it's and and it's a true story. For those of you that haven't seen this film, it's about Hurricane uh, Reuben Carter, the Hurricane, who was a middleweight boxer in in the early '60s and was like at the height of his boxing career. He was a middleweight, uh, a great middleweight contender, and he was wrongly accused of a triple murder and in prison and lost 
you know, many, many, many years of his life in prison. And there's two cool stories that are happening uh, at the same time. He's, it's his story. And of course, we have uh, an African-American underprivileged child that is adopted by three white people. I mean, it just seems it's like you can't make this up. And it happened for real. And he was at a bookstore one day and picked up uh, Reuben Hurricane Carter's book about his autobiography, read it and started to correspond with them. And just a series of events unfold that are just incredible. And because of Reuben, Reuben Carter's uh, insistence about education for himself in prison to keep his mind, just to keep himself sane, it really affected this, uh, this young boy when he read his book. And um, through that, um, he asked the people that adopted him for his help to try to get Reuben Carter cleared and to get him out of prison. And eventually, you know, they do. I mean, it's just an amazing story. How they do it is incredible, <laughs> the lengths that they're willing to go to. And eventually, that uh, young boy would become a lawyer someday. I mean, it's like it's it's an amazing film. Well, um, I, I honestly I would not have seen the connection to this topic, but I I guess I see where you're going with it. it it's it's interesting. I, I I wouldn't have predicted that you would pick this at all for this topic, but I I see where you you might find a thread. So I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I know you love this movie. Well, I mean, it's it's he learned this kid learned how to read basically because of Reuben Carter's book. Right, right, okay. And so, I mean, again, you know, education happens anywhere. And uh, so, true, yep, true, this true. is, this is, I mean, this might've been like my topic. I just didn't think of it right away. I just thought of the more obvious one. Mm, okay. See, so you, you want to appear smart. That's why you're doing, you didn't go with Animal House. You wanted to appear more intelligent, more thoughtful. <laughs> no, but that, this was, that was the first one I thought of. So it tells you. I was exactly. Right. That's, that's, that's what you got to go with your first instinct. It's so you're a bit of a child. It's okay. Uh, the, this movie is one that I, is an old movie, but I only recently watched it's a really old film. And You've never seen it before? I had never seen it in its entirety. And I watched it in its entirety, and I loved it. And it was a very emotional film. A lot of films that are old, and I'm just going to say right now, it's from 1939, uh, which is obviously a watershed year in films. I, I love this movie. I was moved by the film. Uh, there were some scenes in there that were really powerful. The acting was great. Uh, it's it's goodbye, Mr. Chips uh, from nineteen thirty nine. Oh my God! I cannot believe I, that you picked that film. I mean, I came across that, and I just said, I don't I, think so. I really, Whoa. really like that movie, and I could see why Robert Donat won the Best Actor. He really is great in it, and he beats out Lawrence Olivier from Wuthering Heights, Clark Gable uh, from Gone with the Wind, and Jimmy Stewart. From Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And I can see why he won. I mean, it's a, it's a great performance. Greer Garson, it was her first movie. And she's Greer great. Garson. She's great in it as Kathy. Uh, and you've got a story about this school teacher and former headmaster of another, you know, boys prep school in England. And really his whole life is just about teaching and, and being with these boys. And eventually he meets this woman, Kathy, played by Greer Garson, 
who just captures his heart and they fall in love and some tragic things really happen. Uh, and they're handled really very well, but it's almost unexpected, uh, the amount of tragedy. And the ending is, I mean, you're soulless if you don't shed a tear at the end. Uh, and I hate to ruin it because I really think a lot of people should go back and check this film out. And like I said, it's just a wonderful movie. Like you just, I just got sucked into the story. I said, ah, I'll watch it. What the hell? I've heard so so many great things about it. I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Okay. So now let me ask you this. Have you seen the 1969 version, the remake with Peter O'Toole? No, I haven't. Oh, see, that was the one I saw first. I saw, I saw this 1969 film Yeah, with Peter O'Toole and Petula Garg. And I would have to say, I would be willing to wager that you would like the original better because it's a musical version Ooh, with Petula definitely, Clark. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. You lost me at the word musical. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I'm, I really am narrow-minded a little bit. I have to, and I'm trying. I am trying. Uh, because I'm someone no, that loves music. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm someone that loves music, but I have a hard time with musicals. But you're just saying that to appease me, so that you won't get an onslaught. Possibly, from me. possibly, it's very true. Uh, but yeah, I really did like this film. And, wow! And like I said, I was emotionally moved in ways that were unexpected. Normally, films of that period, I wouldn't. They wouldn't hit me uh, like that. Even even Wuthering Heights, it's an emotional love story. I'm like, whatever. I could care less. Uh, I get why it was good at the time, but definitely worth checking out. And it really was, it, it's, I think it's fun to see it in the beginning of the school year. It just has that really, you're in England and you're in this boys prep school and it just feels great. It really does. Well, I think probably too, that if it had not been for this film, I don't know that you would see films like Dead Poet Society. I mean, this is, uh, they had to have been influenced by, sure. by by this so good pick it's a little corny but it's definitely good. and, definitely. and uh, it, it it's a little unpredictable and so i'll give you a thumbs up because you, you you knocked me out a little bit i didn't did not expect you to pick that well i'm unpredictable i always you, have you, you yeah i guess you are a little bit uh so i went a little more predictable uh in my third pick finding forrester have you have you seen that one uh, yeah, I did. That's Sean Connery. Yes. Yeah, this is correct. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but yes. It's a great, I mean, it's a great movie. And he's really, I mean, he's Sean Connery. He can't be anything else other than Sean Connery. Um, you, <laughs> you still look like he, he, you think he's going to pull out a saber or, you know, just uh, uh, do something James Bond-esque. And, sure. But he's, he's great in it. And, and, and he's a producer in it, directed by Gus Van Sant. Um, I love F. Mary Abraham. He's a great antagonist. He's 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 actually, I think, really an underrated actor. And he's such a nice guy in interviews and plays just kind of sinister people. He's he's really great in this. Who else is in that? I haven't seen it. In a while. Uh, well, obviously Sean Connery's uh, yeah. the lead in it. And there's an actor that I didn't know, Rob Brown, um, and he plays the other. Okay. Um, you know, he plays the. Uh, the young African-American uh, the teenager in there who's, you know, he's great. And then uh, uh, Anna Paquin is in it and Busta Rhymes is in it. So I really, know, and, and, and one of our, and another <laughs> underappreciated actor, Busta Rhymes. <laughs> Just yes. Let's really not forget. And, and right. Overlooked at, at Oscar time <laughs> year after year. 
just really uh it's a shame uh does does sean connery have a license to teach in this film <laughs> he does he, he does i had to i'm sorry <laughs> he gotta go. i had to do it yeah he, no he's really good he, he plays a character that you kind of think he might want to play it's so not it's so atypical of totally you know these rough kind of masculine guys and he plays uh kind of a reclusive uh, author and somehow he befriends uh this uh, teenager that's very talented basketball player and is invited to go to this uh this exclusive boys school it's a very it's yeah it's a cool little film and um it's they, they both have something to learn from each other. Um, I mean, he's kind of given up on life. Uh, he wrote this book, uh, William Foster, which is the character that uh, Connery plays. He's just kind of given up on life, basically, and just disappeared. And, you know, this kid's got his whole life ahead of him. And they, their stories collide. And, you know, he brings him out of his shell. And William Forrester, Connery's character, brings... Yeah, so much education, so much learning, so much life experience to this character. So it's just a really cool, it's a really cool film. And I don't think this film has really gotten any kind of great fanfare. So I, I could no, I pick two I, underdog films, Hurricane and Finding Forrester. Most people I tell me, they go, oh, well, what, who's in that? Or what's that about? Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like I said, I haven't seen it in in a while and I'll have to, uh, I'll check it out again. I, I will. I you don't normally talk so glowingly about films like that. So I will, I'll check it out again. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's really, I think it's really worth it. Uh, and then I had some other ones, but you know, I mean, obviously animal house uh, was what I considered to be an honorable mention. Uh, fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life. So I mean, there's that, just I still live by that. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> the image of college, that is what we all want it to be favor that's it we just we just wanted to be that nita meyer Meyer. sneaky little shit yep exactly yep was that was that uh delta kai is that what they were uh well they delta well they were delta i don't know if they were delta kai i can't remember that now (laughs) i I can't remember but it's it's so funny like i can't remember anything about what i did 25 minutes ago but so much from that movie I can remember. I love when Flounder says, "You guys playing cards?" I <laughs> laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> that I just laugh. You guys playing cards? It, 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 it's just so well delivered. Uh, uh, do you remember the people that were in this? Peter Rieger's in it. He's great. Tim Matheson is Tim Matheson in he, plays just. One of the slick, smoothest, most disgusting people. Total sleazeball. He's yeah. he's a great totally. sleazeball in it. And Donald Sutherland is in it. That's correct. Yeah, that's right. He plays the, the stoner teacher. Yeah. He plays stoner teacher, falls in love yeah. with uh, Karen Allen. So uh, so um, what's his name? Uh, directed it. Oh, gosh. So, so Harold Ramis wrote it, right? I believe that uh, Ramis did have something to do. Yeah, with no, it. he was one uh, of the yeah. writers, and then what's his name who directed Ghostbusters? I think he directed it. Oh, what? Ivan Reitman, I think directed. Ivan it. Reitman, yeah, yeah, I think That's Ivan right. Reitman directed it. Uh, yeah, just uh, it's a classic. It is, and of course Belushi's performance is Bluto is just amazing. Uh, when they I do mean, Louis, a... Louis is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, this just I mean I I mean there is something about movies that come out like at this a certain time in your life. And this was the summer of 78. 
That's right. And there I went to college, you know, in, sept- in September of 78. So that's why. It, so it, it, it was, it was maybe like, that's why I did so bad in my first semester. <laughs> you were emulating. Oh, not just your first semester. Come on. <laughs> it carried over Shut much up, further man. than that. I'm with oh, you. you. I'm with you, you too. Um, <laughs> so my last film is, is definitely one that you would not. I don't even know if you've ever seen this film. And uh, it's another cult film, but it has been one that has probably impacted me since I first saw it. To Sir with Love. <laughs> no, it is not. Hey, um, call me Mr. Thackeray. Uh, <laughs> this one was from 1979, directed by Jonathan Kaplan. I would say that there's really no big stars in it. Matt Dillon, I think, has a debut performance in it. And it's a film called Over the Edge. Uh, and to me, it's just the ultimate teenager, uh, kids screwing up in school and screwing up in life film. It's not played for laughs. It's a very serious film. And really, the concept is about teens that are living in these planned suburban communities. And they move there. And the whole point of the film is there's nothing for these kids to do. The parents move them there. These communities get planned. And these kids are bored. And the boredom at first, you know, they start cutting school and screwing up in school. And then, of course, it leads to drugs and sex and then violence. And it really kind of tells an interesting story about, hey, before you move these kids and put them in these planned communities, make sure there's more to do there. And really, everyone's at fault. The parents, the schools, they're not really listening to the kids. And all they want to do is just worry about their own problems and their own successes and making money. And they don't really care about what's happening to their kids. And a kid gets shot in the film by a police officer. And it leads to the whole town coming together at the school for really a big, we got to figure this out. And the kids lock the parents in the school and set the school on fire. And Yeah, I don't think I've seen this movie, but, you know, uh, Vincent Spano's in this. That's correct. I do. I, yeah. I, why do I, gosh, I, I think... I, I know that name. Yeah, I? yeah, he's been in a couple of films. He was in. I have to think I about. Have to look him up. Yeah, he's been in a few movies. Uh, he was a guy that was in some movies in the eighties. You don't see him too much lately, but it was a. Uh, it's a really good film, and I loved the soundtrack to that film too. It was probably one of the coolest soundtracks. It had a lot of Van Halen and one of my favorite bands, Cheap Trick, which were. They were just so of that time of the late seventies, early eighties. And it was just, it was like this perfect teen film. And it really spoke to a lot of alienation. that I think a lot of kids had where they weren't sure why they were so messed up in the head, but especially for us kids that grew up in the suburbs, uh, because for some reason, Hmm. you know, we were kind of isolated from things and it always seemed like there was, we were always searching for something to do. And sometimes we would, it was fine. And other times we'd get into trouble. And I think that's really what this, this movie is about. And, uh, you know, I well, did not see this movie. I'm going to have to see it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it's once again, there's most of the actors you would not even recognize maybe one or two people like, Oh yeah, I've seen him. He's been in a couple of films. Um, but really it just makes some interesting points about that time period. And kind uh, of reminds me a little bit of the film, my bodyguard. Do you remember that one? I do. I mean, once again, there's some level of comedy to that. There is none to this. This movie is played 
very seriously. And I mean, you have, you've got kids that are 12 and 13 going to school on acid. Uh, and you know, they're just, and of course, like I said, the violence is really where it gets crazy where these kids are running out of things to do and they clash with the local police and then it turns into violence and they literally are ready to lock their parents in a school and set so is there anything would you say there's anything redeeming about this (laughs) (laughs) i I would say that that in the end is there a pick-me-up moment or is it like a warner brothers crime film where somebody dies it always at the end uh yeah you sunken the, the kids are all headed to kind of juvie they're on their way at the end in a big bus, you know, headed to juvie prison. And uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's uplifting. I, I think they're going to they're going to pay for their crime and hopefully they'll be rehabilitated. But you don't know. Uh, once again, the movie it makes a really serious point about things. And uh, I think it's worth seeing uh, for, for that reason. And I've always well, liked that. The film. judges are going to give you only two stars for this. Sorry. That's, that's fine. They can do the yeah. judges can do that. They can judge me harshly. But like I said, when I first <laughs> saw this film, I think I saw it. I'm going to, I saw it on TV, maybe in 1981 or 1982. And I was blown away. I felt like it was like, yeah, that that's how I feel. And it was one of those first films that made, made sense to me about my time period. Uh, well then, then maybe I'll I'll give you three stars now because thank you. You, you saw it. You saw it at a time that was important to you. Yes. So yes, exactly. I, I kind of get that exactly. And I mean, I was never as bad as those kids, but I mean, I got into some trouble you and were, did some things with bad. my with my de- delinquent, uh, belligerent friends. But uh, you, were, you were very bad. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. <laughs> yeah. I had my moments. I had my moments. So yeah, there you go. So this, this was, is a good list. I mean, it's yeah, very eclectic, and I'm certainly glad that you had Goodbye, Mr. Chips in there because we had a classic film in there, which is which is which is great. That's that's yeah, so much about honestly, what we love about movies. If you talked to me maybe two months ago, it wouldn't have been on this list. But I sat there and I watched it. It was one of those. There's nothing on. Let me just see. And then I said, Ah, you know, what? I've heard uh, so much about this. Let me just. I'm watch impressed. It. I'm impressed. Next, next thing you know, you'll tell me Cabaret is on your list. It's not going to. Not going to. For great happen. movies to see. Not going to happen. Don't worry about that. Well, this was great. Thank you. This was a great topic, Laura. Uh, all right. So we'll uh, we'll be at it again soon. Check us out on Facebook. We are brothers on the phone talking movies. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>